I swear. Wrestling Podcast. And we're back. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another absolutely exciting, enthralling episode of the A-Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. Andy Gordon, as always, joined by Andy Wilson. Hello, Andy Gordon. Hi. I've really got this host thing down this week, haven't I? About, yeah. I yeah. felt for the first week, I felt like, you are a podcast host. Good. And I, and I should do. You're getting, support, yeah, you're getting, uh, getting better. And well this, is, this is awkward episode uh, 13, isn't it? 13, unlucky, yeah, yeah. Unlucky, unlucky for, for some. some. Yeah. But not for us. Not we're for lucky us. to well, we're lucky to have made it this far. We're just lucky to be here. We yeah. just every day is a privilege, isn't it? Sure is. Yeah. So uh, we've had a we've had a good week since last week. What do you start uh, off anyway? Yeah. Talk for yourself. Uh, what have I been doing since over the last week? Well, you've, well we both have, we actually we've both been grown ups, haven't we? We've been doing yeah. accounts and stuff like oh, that. A terrible week. Yeah, yeah. Doing accounts. End of January. Yeah. yeah the worst time, especially for people who do everything last minute. So let that be a lesson to everyone listening. Make sure you do your your accounts. Pay the tax man. Yeah, he's a one person you can't mess around with. That's uh, what I'm always yeah. told. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I've literally done a whole. Tw- I I so obviously where I run a run like an eBay business. Um, you know, a little boot sale business. S- s- yeah. Selling toys and stuff. Um, I I try to do it month by month. So at the end of January, I'll do January obviously, and so on and so forth. I went back to uh, at the middle of December, I think, and realised I hadn't actually logged anything since February so I uh halfway through January when I actually got around to starting to do it I'd um I had literally 10 11 months to catch up on oh so you'd literally done one month's work essentially yeah 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 yeah. well two I'd done January I'd done January and February half of February half of February so uh yeah, so I'd march all the so way through point, to December. So was wasn't there a point in the last 12 months where you thought, hang on a minute, I'm not actually... Uh... Oh, there was loads of times. <laughs> I thought to myself, <laughs> I should really get on and do that, even do a couple of months I, at a time. See, I always think I work best under pressure. So I feel like I, I've been the same since university. Like, So when I was at university, I did my dissertation. Um, we won't get into the ins and outs of my dissertation. I'm sure it was a masterpiece in its own right. But... Um, I wrote my dissertation. Uh, how many thousand? You wouldn't know. You're uneducated. I didn't go. Over there. Didn't need to be. Um, I can't remember how many thousands of words it is. I don't know if it's ten or twenty thousand. That sounds like a lot. I don't yeah. know. It is a lot of words, mm. right? But I wrote mine in a week. Like people write theirs in a year. But I wrote mine in a week. I didn't proofread it. Didn't read it twice. I read it once. I wrote it once. Read it once. Um, and I got just as good a grades as many people who'd. Um, who'd spent the whole year working on it. But do you know what? I always use the, uh, and just to pull it back to wrestling, because I'm so good at that, mm. right? I always use the old, um, it was, was it the Stu Hart um, uh, analogy about wrestling and steak. Okay. It says like, um, wrestling's like a, a nice piece of steak. You, then you put a little bit of sauce on it and you enhance the flavor of that steak. You make it nicer. And then you put another bit of sauce on it. And again, you, it feels nicer. And then you put another bit of sauce on, another bit of sauce on. You put so much sauce on the steak that you forget what it's really about. Kills the steak, and ruins the steak. Well, yeah, yeah, and you forget that you forget this, you forget the fla- the flavour you're actually after is the flavour of the steak to begin with. Okay. So that's basically Stu Hart's analogy on you know wrestling in terms of you're adding all these different layers to it. So you know like. All of a sudden, it's a no disqualification. Now it's no disqualification, falls count anywhere. Now it's no disqualification, falls count anywhere. Bra and panties. That's a great match. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's that was my thing with the dissertation. I wrote it once because I, my my thought process was these people they they rewrote their essays so many times that 
they lost the actual structure of the essay and they lost the point, they lost the thread that they were talking about because they were concentrating on rewriting specific sections rather than looking at the overall picture. So there you, you passed, go. And you passed. And I passed. Well done. Flying colours. Good. Um, so I have a university degree, so uh, I'm educated. I was going to try and think of something really absurd that you had a uh, university degree in, but unfortunately, my brain wasn't quick enough to think of one. I was gardening or something. Like that. yeah. That's why. It's actually, creative arts and media studies. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, another waste of time. N- right. Absolutely not. Okay. Anyway, no. So, don't be horrible. Okay. You can't just be horrible, dismissive, and then be like, let's move on. It's not nice. Um, so, let's uh, let's talk about what, what a great time we and over 600 people had on Saturday night in Portsmouth. Um. Yeah, if you remember, yeah, there was a you were there. There was a there was a Luke Betts club night on uh, <laughs> at the Astoria. No, that probably had six thousand people. Uh, uh, yeah, it, yeah, we had uh, the the Revolution Rumble, the Contenders Rumble. If you, which, if you uh, an avid listener of his podcast, you would have heard us uh, talking big about uh, on the podcast last week. Well, obviously, our, our attendance was up nearly thirty percent from last year. So I like that, to think that's it's the only the, the only possible explanation is. This podcast is driving numbers. Yes. You know, business across the board is up since this podcast started. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rocky's Toys, is that? It's booming. Booming. Shop uh, Rev Pro. Shop Rev Pro. Booming. Cool. Um, live shows, Revolution Pro Wrestling, booming. Attendance at the training school, booming. Booming. Yeah. How about main event megastars? How's that doing? Uh, <laughs> we'll come back to that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is also booming. Um, and this Saturday, Buckland Community Centre, booming. No, um, Mountbatten Centre. Mountbatten Centre. Yeah. Uh, so it was actually the first time since uh, a company has taken over the venue called BH Live, and they had a few means of advertising. So, uh, you know, we, it also l- we latched a, onto that. Yeah, we did. We? Yeah. We, well, yeah. they latched onto us quite. They were they worked really well because sometimes you get into a bit of an argument with these venues as to even putting posters up in a venue. Yeah. So like, do you want people before. to come or not? Like, yeah. <laughs> is, like I yeah. I have this problem with venues as well. So this isn't this isn't about Mountbatten Centre at all. Um, because obviously, as we we're just saying, they they've been very uh, very helpful with us in the promotion of his show, and it always takes a weight off when um, when a venue actually wants you to be there. But when I do venue searches and when we when we're kind of um, looking at places to put on shows, it's amazing how hard it is for you to give a venue your money. So <laughs> you're just like, look, I want to put a show on here. It's like, here's some hoops now. Let's see how high you can jump to get through them, you know. And then, like, uh, yeah, then the stuff like posters don't go up and they, they don't put it on their website or they don't smarten up the people at reception that there's a show going on. So when people call up asking about the wrestling, they say, don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I do that. I, and, ch- uh, I check that all the time now. Yeah, a little... Uh, I can't think... What, what would you call it? Uh, it's a test calls, isn't test it? Call, test purchase. Test purchase, yeah. I'll, I'll call them up and say, oh, you got tickets to the yeah. wrestling. I'll tell you who was notorious for that. The uh, Sittingbourne, Swallows Leisure Centre, Wyvern Hall, where I used to run, obviously, um, where where the Revolution Pro Wrestling uh, style shows were first formed. They were notorious for being absolutely terrible, not knowing when shows are going on, um, not putting up posters or taking posters down because they're not in the right places, taking out banners and losing them. Um, just the absolute worst. <laughs> and, uh yeah. And uh, and and then they'd do, they'd do stuff like uh, they sold they sold the changing room, <laughs> right? Do you remember yeah, this? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the changing room was upstairs, um, and they sold it. And they didn't think to tell us. And they were like, "Oh, you can get changed in a 
the stairs. This, was this, it? This, well, no, like, we wound up getting changed at the, by the stairs up, like in a corridor, basically. They got the arsehole about us using the corridor to begin, like to change, but then they realised there wasn't really much alternative. They were like, there's a broom cupboard like uh, by the entrance that you can use, right? But then there'd be no way, then the rest of us would have to come in from the same entrance the fans okay. come in from. Yeah. Um, so and and the only and then there'd be no access to any toilets apart from the public toilets, which would be next door to this broom cupboard where the the wrestlers would be getting changed. So I remember, um, I do remember. But it's that, like yeah. we just turned up one day and they're like, "Oh, by the way, you don't have a changing room anymore." Like you could tell us we used to use a stage, like oh, there's like three pieces of a stage missing. They're like, "Oh, just by the way, yeah, it's broken and we're not going to bother getting it fixed." Sorry, should have told you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At one time, York Call, we used to use York Call's sound system and uh, we turned up to York Call and I always carry my uh, speakers, so I don't anymore, but I used to carry my speakers in the, the van with us and uh, the, the mixed di- desk and everything. We turned up and was like, oh, where's the... Uh Where's the sound disc? Oh, it's out for repair at the moment. Oh my god! <laughs> like on the morning of the show, that. yeah, that happens. Um, but now, yeah, we hire one in now, so um, you don't need to, to worry. Avoid, yeah. avoid situations like that. Mm. Um, but Mountbatten Centre, back to Mountbatten Centre. Yeah, they yeah. gave us everything. They, they helped had, us out. Yeah. They, they've uh, progressively over time because I don't know. I can't remember specifically who was running it before, um, but whoever was running it before was clearly um, cutting corners left and right. So every time, you know, either me or yourself go for a meeting with Sue Page. Hi it's Sue, a, we almost, know you're listening. It's almost like, right, have you got this? Have you got that? Have you got that? And every time we say yes, the conversation gets more and more easy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But but, but, it was, but it was weird though, wasn't it? Because like, um, we, uh, like with the have you got this, have you got that? Like, we are with the same people putting on shows there for like however many years. And it's like, yep, yeah, it's kind of exactly the same. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. only, obviously the insurance renews every year, but sure. like, Aside from that, like it's the same event, like do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. we're not. Yeah. yeah, the risk assessment. So yeah, she asked me because I went for a meeting with meeting with her three days before Saturday. So yeah, I, try, I tend to avoid those ones. Now, yeah, just leave it to me. It's easy. <laughs> uh, I've got better manner than you. And uh, wow, that's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm. She loves and, me. I'm charming, but I just. Uh, yeah, I've I've got a shorter. I don't know. Like, views. Uh, well, yeah, I'll like happily answer the same question. 10 yeah, times. and I, I won't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she said to me, "Oh, have you got, have you got risk assessments?" So I said, "Well, they'll be the same as last time." She was like, "Okay, that's fine. I've got the ones from last time, so um, we didn't need to worry." So, yeah, no. Anyway, great show. Um, attendance was up considerably. Uh, we put on. Um, yeah, I just think the where the guys are getting better and better and getting more experience, uh, whether it's at training or out on shows, that shows are getting better and better as well. I'd. Um, and of course, we had James Ty back, which is always always a, a pleasure. Always a always pleasure. A pleasure. So the Iron Lions picked up their first victory yeah, since it's nice, 2008. It's nice to see you two, you and James, uh, side by side as family men now, isn't it? All grown up. Yeah, like I said to someone last time. I don't think I said it on the podcast, but you know, ten years ago, I was really like into wrestling, like being a wrestler. Like it was motivating me every day. Like it was what, why I got up in the morning almost. And then just as you get older, and you kind of get into sort of toxic relationships and you know, not not my relationship with my wife but wow. other, other toxic wow. relationships it kind of becomes you know you you, 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 take, you take different paths in life but anyway my point is since James agreed to come back and doing these shows in Portsmouth I haven't felt this motivated uh, about wrestling in oh, about 10 years romantic. so yeah I'm not saying he's as motivated as me but when I'm around him he's very much well, like you just fancy him don't you I do. yeah I've always loved that man um, you should be called the dads as well yeah <laughs> the dads the tag, t- I don't know. What do they call it? Dad bods. 
Yeah, I've yeah. certainly developing a dad bod. I need to have sort that out. But yeah, James is in magnificent shape. He looks he? brilliant, actually. Yeah. He does. Yeah. So um, who knows? Iron Lions for uh, the Dusty Classic 2018. That's the goal. Was there a one in 2017? I don't think there was. No. no. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was. It was a good show, and it's it's nice to see. Um, it's nice to see people giving opportunities for the first time, some of them in front of the crowd for the first time. It's also nice seeing how much it means to them as well, because sometimes you forget it. And especially because um, I think that um, when we first started doing the trainee shows, like obviously um, it was a lot of people's first experiences on shows. And obviously the more you do, the less uh, the less special they become, I'd argue. Yeah, right? yeah totally. And, and when, you f- when you advance further in your wrestling careers, um, people look at the trainee shows no longer as a thing of importance, right? And um, I think they they might be, you know, like, well, we do them when we're here, but you know, it's uh, not as a uh, not as special for them. Um, and I think you kind of when and then obviously, you know, it takes a long while before you get the next crop of trainees, you know, a big crop of trainees to come through. Yeah, you, you know? always you always have one um, or two. Yeah, you know, who kind of you know work their way up, but and, and I just thought it was I just thought it was nice just to see how how much it all meant to everyone, um, and just how uh, yeah, because we had a couple of a couple of guys who trained with Rishi at the beginners class on a Monday who were both in their thirties, and have finally decided I'm going to give it a crack, and um, you know when we told uh, one Simon um, specifically, he was um, I told him over messenger I didn't speak to him personally about it, but I could just sense the. Um, Gratitude's not the word because he'd put in the work, but the he was so excited about it, and it was uh, it's that's nice because I can remember being a kid. You know, I was seventeen when I was first told I was going to have my first match. Sixteen, I was sixteen, um, not long left school, and um, I can remember that feeling myself. And you know, being in your thirties, um, I can only imagine thinking, "Oh, my time's come and gone to start this." And them two specifically, they were so excited about it. it was yeah, brilliant. and I think that's nice. I think no, and, I love and that, it, yeah. and that to me that that also motivates me as well, like in terms of like, you know, let's not get complacent. Let's, you know, like I feel like, uh, I don't know, like I just feel with a training school, you forget what you're, how much you're giving, you know. Does that make sense? So like yeah. what I'm saying is like, um, obviously the trainees, like we we are essentially dream makers. We're like modern day Noel Edmonds, right? Oh, we are really, yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's assuming that he never gets accused of anything. <laughs> but... <laughs> But um, but yeah, we kind of we we help make people's dreams come true. But I feel like uh, sometimes you forget that fact and just get bogged yeah. down in it all. And I just I don't know. I just think the rumble was a nice opportunity to to. It was a nice opportunity for me again, just to be like an eye opener and be like, you know, this is this is really cool what we do. And uh, and it was just great. And everyone getting a chance to perform in front of their friends and families. So and like as you say, every show's getting better. Uh, they the, 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 certainly the ones that are getting more experience. They're becoming more well-rounded wrestlers as well, um, and that's always encouraging to see as well. Like seeing guys who um, are kind of vis- who seeing their progress year on year, I guess. Yeah, um, and the competition at the school for those who are listening from the school competition is getting stiffer. So uh, it is. Don't be there will not be a rumble every time. Yeah, we only do a rumble once a year. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, no, just really, really good night and. Um, my my mum and dad were there. My my mother did they enjoy father, it? Yeah, they loved it. My mother and father-in-law were both there. They loved it. Um, Finley was there. My nieces and nephews were there. So they how were many people were that? <laughs> I think I owe you about <laughs> seventy quid. Yeah, I think. Cool. Yeah. All right. Oh no, we well, split down the middle, isn't it? So thirty-five. Um, yeah. Assuming they're five pound tickets. Um, yeah. No, it was uh, everyone really really enjoyed it. And uh, my mother-in-law, Nita, big shout out to Nita who's not listening. Do you know who her favourite wrestler is? 
Uh, you? No. Uh, Hardcore Tom. The Prince of Mumbai. Oh, really? Which isn't a bad choice. She likes the baddies. But she loves, she thinks he's tremendous, yeah. That's what, pretty much what she says to me all the time. Oh, he's cool. tremendous, yeah. She sounds more like, oh, he's tremendous, isn't he, Andrew? Yeah, that's a very that good That sounds a good impression. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad, yeah. yeah. But no, she's a lovely lady, Nita. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually talking about her roast dinners and how spectacular they are. Yeah, before she's we, good Before at we those. came on she air. She does bacon, crispy bacon with them, which I'm not sure oh, if that's lovely. regular, but my mum wouldn't ever do bacon with roast dinner. So I always feel very... I always look forward to a, to a yeah. roast, yeah. Nice treat. Yeah. Um, so did you watch this this year's uh, the WWE Royal Rumble? I did, yeah. Did you enjoy yeah. that? I did, I did enjoy it, yeah. It's the first WWE pay-per-view I've watched live for a very long... Well, I guess since... Since I was at WrestleMania last year. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. I remember there was all the. Um, so I'm being like a big kid at heart. Whenever the uh, discussions and uh, rumours, if you will, regarding who these big surprise entrants are going to be, I can't help but open the links and find out who these rumoured names are going to be. But this year, I was absolutely adamant I wasn't going to do that. And we had a discussion Saturday night. You'd said you'd you'd heard about one name in particular. I said I don't want to know. I don't want to know. But I wasn't going to tell you, just to make it clear. Yes, because yeah, I don't want no the people yeah. who yeah. told me to be thinking I was going to tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone. And that rumour never came, nothing came out, did it? No, it didn't. And no. I'm and, uh, good to my words. But when, I, when, it, when it obviously, you know, spoiler alert, when Rey Mysterio came to the ring, I still thought it, that wasn't the name. But then I texted you some Monday morning and you said it was Ray. So uh, not so I was disappointed. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, lovely story throughout the Rumble. And obviously where uh, you had John Cena, Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio facing off with Nakamura. Yeah, all that was Finn something, Balor, wasn't it? Yeah. And Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, of get, course. Get out, Roman. Yeah. <laughs> he was my favourite to win it. So anyway, just, just that dynamic was cool. Just, yeah, really g- great show overall. Really good show. I really enjoyed the women's Rumble as well. Yes, yeah, so I did loved I. seeing the old faces. I loved seeing Tory Wilson, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> there it was. It was good, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who my favourite actually is? My new favourite women's wrestler? Um, hold on, let me guess. Uh, Nia Jax. No. Ronda Rousey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nail on the head. No, that's exciting as well. Um, but my new favourite is uh, Carmella. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. Mm. Because I like her character a lot. Like, yeah. I love her. She did a deal with, um, it was with Nikki Bella when she had her in the corner and she did a little moonwalk and did the You Can't See Me. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I did watch it. I don't remember that bit I specifically. Just, I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. I liked it. Okay. So, uh, like a little entrance, and I liked it when she got knocked out by Vicky Guerrero, and it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just, just enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, I just thought the Royal Rumble was a big, big success story overall. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I agree. The, the, the Revolution Rumble and the, the WWE Royal we Rumble. We had three both Rumbles in a weekend. And all delivered in yeah. spades. A 90-person 90, 90 Rumble weekend, wasn't wow, it? Wow, what a, what a weekend. Well, we actually had 31, didn't yeah. we? Shh. Because yeah. you can't count. Yeah. yeah. I'm too generous. So, yeah, 91 Rumble weekend. Brilliant weekend. And uh, just before the weekend, Andy, we got... I got my first email. Regarding Your first this, ever email? My first ever email. Wow, in 2018, my, he's my, got an email. My first email regarding this podcast. I've had, like, DMs and stuff, but... Uh, shall I read it? Uh, a, a, an email's a little less sleazy than uh, someone slipping Sle- into a DM, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? I mean, I don't mind. You can email me, Andy Simmons at... AOL.com if you wish. But um, I'll read the email. It's not really, it's, it's long enough, but so here we go. Hi, Andy. First of all, I'd like to say that I'm loving the A Squared podcast. Secondly, are you the last remaining man in England using AOL? 
Possibly, because so, you're probably. still you're still on AOL Messenger, aim every yeah. single night, aren't you? Yeah. Just hoping, hoping, hoping Paul Cabana locks yeah. back on. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had an idea that I thought would be cool for the podcast. Uh, he he writes this. This isn't my wording, but it's very um, what's the word? Grateful, you know, nice way. But given your privileged position, e.g., taking Robo Animal to Subway. You must have many stories. I think that might actually be a bit tongue-in-cheek, but you must have many stories of your interaction with wrestlers, both good and bad. I'd love to hear these stories. There must be times when you thought someone would be cool, but it was actually a bit of a dick, or someone who had a bad reputation uh, who may have turned out to be a sweetheart. Wouldn't expect you to identify anyone by name, but it would be cool to hear your experiences. Thanks a lot, Joe. So a big shout-out to Joseph. I'm assuming it's noon, but I'm sure he's noticed his voice. It's spelled no one. Um, but Are all you sure that's word? not Road Warrior Animal? Uh, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe it is, yeah. yeah so, Do you remember uh, when you saw Road Warrior Animal when you were drunk in uh, oh, Dallas? I was, I was thinking about this, like, every time he close <laughs> off the podcast, I was like, why didn't I follow up with that story? So just, yeah, while, we, while we're on that subject, um, so I'd spent a couple of days with Animal, go back and listen to the episode, uh, and w- I was very drunk my first night of my stag do when we went to Dallas, and uh, we were about to go out, I think, so we'd done the pre-drinking in the bar, and we stood outside the lift. Oh, no, we get no out one else lift. was drunk, just you. Yeah, we get out of the lift and Lex Luger, Road Warrior Animal, and maybe someone else. Yeah, so anyway, this, was, else this there, was maybe yeah. six weeks previously he'd been in England at our training school. And I very, at the top of my lungs, I'm very... Can over, I do the impression? Over, you do the impression, but let me just set the scene. So at the top, so <laughs> I was very drunk, um, very loud, and very over-familiar. And people being over-familiar with me is really my pet peeve in life. Um, so, over to you. What did I say? Joe! <laughs> I did. I shrieked to Joe <laughs> as if he was like my long lost friend. So, <laughs> I, I was such good. I've been on the road with Joe for 15 years and I hadn't seen him in five. So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, but to be fair, he was very polite and very nice. He was like, oh, hey guys. And he certainly recognised us all and gave us all a nice hello. So, um, it, yeah, Luke, it's one of those things when you're sober, you just. Whack credit against the wall go, oh, for God's sake. But um, there you go. So uh, so back to your story, Joseph. You do say, um, not asking for any names, uh, you know, we don't need to identify. Hey, 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 that wouldn't be the A-squared Circle Wrestling Podcast without No, we don't play it that way. We shoot. We? we shoot. We, yeah, we shoot as much as we can without getting into trouble. No, I'm happy to get in trouble. I feel like I'm at a stage in my life where I just don't care. I was at, see, I was at that stage. Wait, until you started the podcast. No, I was at that stage where I didn't care if I got into trouble. So so some of my quotes regarding that, the book that was released by, on the oh, and then you, story, and but there are things oh, okay. I sort of admitted to in that. Um, which I now regret. Oh, that's so. interesting because I happen to have a copy of that one PW book, so we'll drag okay. that out in a future episode. Yeah, well, yeah, why not? So, um, so anyway, uh, you know, I, I, there's some things there, which probably aren't even true, but I said because I was you're a liar. Sta- no, show but, off. No, because I got to a stage in my life when I was just like, oh, I don't even care anymore. But like, when I say when so. I say I don't care, like I absolutely care. But I mean, I've got. I feel like I I'm finally in a position where I it doesn't matter to me what other people think about me because no. I'm kind of secure with where I am sure and like I don't like do you know what I mean like what's going to happen someone's going to blackball me from somewhere but right I, do you know what I mean over over me telling the truth it's not like I'm going to go around telling packs of lies about stuff I'm going to tell people the truth from my perspective so obviously it's opinion yeah um, and I'm sure other people have other opinions and then somewhere in the middle there's a truth but um, like I say like uh, I will happily mention if someone isn't a very nice person um, like that time uh, 
I told the wrestling world what a knob Bully Ray is. Well, I was going to say... Um, Congratulations on the Hall of Fame, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, were, we were discussing whether we were going to do this essentially two parts. Um, because we try to spread somewhat of a positive message, like most podcasts, uh, you know, we'll do the ones that we were a bit worried people were going to be dicks in Joseph's name, uh, in Joseph's words. Uh, and this is not, not Road Warrior, really nice. Joseph, uh, the fan of the Ace <laughs> no, Circle yes, yes, Joseph, Joseph Noon, uh, I'll assume. Um, so, uh, yeah, so so we'll go through that down that path first, shall we? The ones we were a bit, not apprehensive, but just... You, you'd, you'd heard rumour and innuendo. <laughs> rumour and innuendo, innuendo suggested that, that this guy was going to be difficult nice to work with, yeah. but actually turned out to be lovely. Yeah. So, um, so I will take us the furthest, furthest. So, so Andy, you've obviously run shows for years, you know, flying guys in and out, um, and then you know we budded up, started running some shows in Portsmouth. I'd never um, flown anyone in for a show, you know, that was never. I didn't really think about it. But when Brodus Clay got released, I was very much like, we need to do a show with Brodus we Clay. Need to, we need this man in Portsmouth. We need this man in like if if Brodus Clay is going to draw anywhere. Amongst WWE f- fans, it's going to be a hotbed of. Well, he's just going to be. He's like a friends and family show wrestler, isn't he? You yeah. know, like you put him on at York Hall. Probably, I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't, but you'd assume well, he'd get booed out the building. But he might do. But I, I like I said to you, I made that point of that one WWE show I saw where Brodus Clay. For me, I looked at him. I was like, that guy's a superstar. Yes, I'd have him on my roster any day of the week. Right. So that was why I said to you. I said we've got this. You know, uh, another promoter was running the Guild Hall at the time. But we were running the Mount Batten show, uh, Batten Centre, which is coincidentally where we run the ran the show Saturday. And I said, "That's the man we need." That's so my guy. That's the, that's it. I was like, "I've got a hundred action figures of him in the loft." That, that was a, that was a real motivation, wasn't <laughs> it? A real motivating <laughs> thought, factor. If we don't make any money on the gate, I'll definitely make some money on merchandise sales. So, uh, so I said to you, you, you made the correct um, connections and contacts, and he was booked for a show in December. Just December, like that, December. boom! You were like. Can I get Brodus Clay? And I was like, all right. You're like, leave it with me. And then 10 minutes later, he was He's quite booked. quick. I think it was, it was that quick. night. Yeah. Who was the, the quickest one? Can you remember who the quickest Oh, was it Hornswoggle? Well, I was like, you were like, we kind of were doing a show with Hornswoggle. Was it Hornswoggle? No, we had Ryback, which uh, was obviously two again. There was kind of like a follow on from oh, the Oh, yeah, yeah. Then I had it? the idea of let's do like the, the big, like, we the Legion of Lords saying they lost to the little the big guy. The big guy. So now right. let's challenge the little guy. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I like the idea of that. Like within an hour, I had that. Yeah, yeah wrapped yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> so, uh, so, so a funny sub story is, um, so we had, so this was maybe July, perhaps. Um, so we had him booked for December. So it, it was quite a long time, but you know, uh, schedules weren't working out. But we finally got this lockdown, the venue lockdown, Brothers K lockdown for the first week of December, 2014. What happens a week later? Do you remember? He was announced for uh, uh, not the uh, the Ports of Guild Hall show about three weeks later. Yeah. So 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 July August we confirm him. Three weeks later, he's going to be appearing at the Ports of Guild Hall in the same city. So it obviously took a bit of buzz off it. I'm not, it wasn't three. They had him before us. Yeah, they had like it was a month before. It was like no, it was a week or so. Two weeks before was it? What we had him? No, the Ports of Guild Hall. No, like, the so Ports we, of Guild Hall show was in the August. We had the show in December. It oh, was really? Was it that Certainly. far apart? Was yeah, because I was on the camps with the UK kid who was running the show, and he was saying, oh, do you want to do the show next week with Brodus? And okay. I thought, well, I don't, not really. In case I upset him. And then, like, <laughs> 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 I want to come. Yeah, so, um, so, so, so anyway, to the point, 
Brodus is then coming over, you know, fairly semi-regularly, I guess, because he did have that sort of superstar aura about him, uh, which a lot of people probably argue. But like you said, if you know, when you put someone at the O2 and he comes out, da- a ginormous man like him dancing like a, you know, uh, well, he was kind of sort of a pimp, really, wasn't he? To a, to a degree. Was he? I think so. Like, he wasn't the godfather. He was a Funkasaurus, wasn't he? Yeah, so... um, So, anyway, um, word starts trickling around that this Broder's Clay is quite difficult to deal with. Not a happy person. Not a happy person was the the word. So, so we had him on December the 6th, and I believe the end of November, he was on a show up north somewhere. Do you remember the specifics? No. No? Okay. So, anyway... He, uh, so we're, we're, we're hearing Broder's Clay is difficult to deal with and doesn't want to go do the meet and greet, sat there sulking a lot of the time with a face on him. Turns up in Portsmouth. Couldn't have been nicer, could he? No. No, couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been more accommodating. He was uh, lovely. He was... Um, he, he, he was did say he wouldn't take a picture with someone at the end of the show, though. But it was like one of the trainees. Like, uh, oh, did I he? can't remember who it was. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Like, yeah, all my family, I, I introduced him to my family. Um, he was... Um, yeah, my point is, you know, he was one of the guys we were very, very apprehensive, thinking, oh, have we, have we made a bit of a wrong decision? Yeah, here? he was lovely. And as well, we were, like, we were worried as well, because we, he was working in a tag match with Curtis Chapman as well, wasn't he? That's right. And, like, Curtis, it's like, like, obviously, he's skinny now, but, like, at the he time, was short and he was short and skinny, and even skinnier than he is now, and pretty much a child, but a very talented yeah, yeah. child. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we were kind of apprehensive about what's he going to feel like working with him, mm-hmm. and... But he embraced it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw the match, actually. But I know Curtis had a great time. The two lads that wrestled with Broders Clay were, you know, had a great time, you know, to be in the ring with, you know, the guy they'd watched on TV. So, uh, he was very accommodating. Oh, yeah, that was a... Yeah. Yeah. And I'd go to say, um, I might be wrong here, but I'd say he probably still does have a bit of a reputation as being a bit... I say miserable, but miserable would be the word salty. Um, But I just want to say, from our experiences... He couldn't have been nicer. I, th- I really liked him, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I said that was the first one, but it wasn't, actually wasn't. Do you remember the other one? The, 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 you, you ran a show at the Clapham Grand. Oh, yeah. With WCW superstar. Buff Daddy! <laughs> <laughs> the real Buff Daddy, Buff Bagwell. And he was another one who probably had one of the worst reputations of uh, anyone. Through, through like shooting views and stuff. I remember seeing a trailer for a shooting interview with Teddy Long. <laughs> And the, I believe the question was, who's the worst person in the wrestling business you've ever met? And his words were, Marcus Bagwell. It would be really cool if he said Marcus Alexander Bagwell, wouldn't it? Well, he might have said that, but <laughs> he might have said that. So, uh, so you were running the show, Andy, and uh, you said to me, oh, listen, Buff Bagwell's in the country doing a comic con, so I don't really want to pay him all the money he wants to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true, isn't it? Well, I was just like, oh, I'd be a nice little... Uh, I did like I. I didn't really see the attraction. Like, bear in mind this: the the original bill for this show had Okada versus Ricochet on it. Well, it wound up being Okada versus Austin Aries. So again, not a bad, uh, not a bad little replacement there. But um, that that was the kind of audience I was trying to get for the show. Not an audience with yeah Buff Bagwell. Yes, right. But I'm a big wrestling fan, and I was like, oh, I'd like to do something with him. And um, and you're my mate. So, <laughs> <laughs> I remember so, you said I'm just kind of doing it for you, really. So, I was like, oh, so yeah. So I thought you and uh, you and Buff Bagwell could have a bit of a jewel on the microphone, and you could get beaten up by him. Yeah. Um, so, because I knew, obviously, if you two did get in fisticuffs, I knew Buff Bagwell would lay you out. So, I don't know um, about that. Well, he beat yeah. you up good and proper, didn't he? <laughs> he did actually. So, yeah. Um, but 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 uh, so 
so yeah, you, you you'd said, oh, you know, we'll just do like a like a microphone thing and we'll have a fight. And uh, but to my point, he again, he couldn't have been more um, nice, for lack of a better term. He couldn't have been more nice. Well, he couldn't. Could he? Was he? Just like nice. He was. He he, yeah. he filmed. Uh, he took pictures with me and my you know lady is now my wife, and uh, he was having a great time. Yeah, my main squeeze. Yeah, and and what what really um, surprised me was. Our friend, who calls himself Buff Daddy, Johnny Rocky, he comes to the training school. He his favourite wrestler growing up, like mine, like it really was, was Buff Bagwell. Not my Buff Bagwell wasn't my favourite. Are you sure? He was one of them. Because I don't think he really knew who Buff Bagwell was. No, he certainly That's no why, he did. Uh, he was a WCW fan, like because oh. it was on. He didn't have Scott. This way, he's told me he certainly knew who Buff Bagwell was. Okay, because my theory on it, yeah, you've, you've shattered my illusion. My theory was he doesn't know who Buff Bagwell is and just calls himself Buff Daddy because he thinks he's. Buff and the stuff, and he's a dad as well. So yeah, and he's a dad. That was my theory. No, and I then, think like, he, no, then I think he, he discovered there was a wrestler guy. called Buff Daddy. No, I think no, I think he was a WCW. Anyway, we can ask him when we see him uh, tonight at training. So no, we won't ask him. What we'll do is we'll say um, we'll, we'll wait for him to come to us because he claims to listen to this podcast. But I yes. don't believe a lot of what he says. Okay. So let's <laughs> let's wait for him to come to us and volunteer the information. Okay. All right. Fine. We'll test him. So, uh, so anyway, uh, I was under the impression that our friend Buff Jordan was a big Buff Bagwell fan, and I just sort of plucked up the courage, which amazed me. I even had the courage to ask. Was it, I said, "Listen, uh, I've got a friend who really wanted to be here tonight. He's actually on a holiday, and he's a big, big fan of yours. Can we film like a video?" of you kind of like calling him out because he calls himself Buff Daddy. You're obviously Buff Daddy. And to my surprise, again, he couldn't have been more accommodated. Filmed this great little 30, 40 second promo. And, uh, and you're stood next to him grinning like a Cheshire oh, cat, I'll, I'll upload that to Twitter. And uh, oh, I'm gr- grinning from ear to ear just because it made me laugh so much. And yeah, another one. You know, you, you hear these stories, these reputations. And because uh, obviously Buff Bagwell's reputation was, uh, you know, his mum used to phone in sick for him for WWF shows. That's why you two got along so well. <laughs> Both mummies, <laughs> boys. <laughs> Quite possibly. So, um, yeah, he's he just a cool, cool guy. And uh, again, maybe maybe in later life, he's sort of looking back at his life going, I don't really want a reputation as being a bit of an arse. Uh, so he's trying to re- rebuild him, re- rebuild that reputation. Um, probably not for any sort of wrestling career, just for more life, in, inner fulfilment almost. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just a great, great I guy. I could see that. Yeah. And like I had a, a few, like, so the new Americans on that night were Buff Bagwell and Shelton Benjamin, right? Yes. And if you were to say that, if you were to take bets on who you'd rather have in a locker room, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't normally think Buff Bagwell, no. would you? No. If you ask me right now, even after he's had a run in WWE, like right this second, if you ask me right now, who would you like to book next month, Buff, Buff Bagwell or Shelton Benjamin? Buff Bagwell. <laughs> I would. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like I've got anything against, like, again, like, a, well, I guess we'll save this for the uh, episode the where opposites. people weren't as cool as you'd think they'd be. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I've got nothing against Shot and Benjamin. It's not like, again, like I said, like, a, I really dislike Bully Ray, but I didn't dislike Shot and Benjamin. I just, no, I'd just rather spend time with. It's just a bit of a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. And I'd rather spend it, time yeah. with uh, Buff Bagwell. And I, and, and again, like, just for me, I, just, I wouldn't have even possibly imagined that I'd be saying that on the lead up to it, and then no. coming out of it. Yeah, he just did such a such a nice job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a real pleasure, real 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 nice to be around the guy. So um, so that's my two two big ones specifically. Um, who have you got? I don't really know. 
this is one of these topics. So, like, it's, it's interesting because this is one of these topics that, for me, I'm like, uh, I enjoy, like, I don't think it's controversial. I like controversy. I'm like, we're just sitting here being nice to people, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, all good theatres based upon conflicts. So that's why I keep saying horrible things to try and... <laughs> You say that, that line every conflict. week as well, regardless but whether it suits the topic or not. No, but it's true. Like no, if, I know it's true. If you understood that, like if you if you look at all great films, all great theatrical plays, they're based around conflict. Yes. Give me one that isn't. I don't know. Okay. Point made. Um, <laughs> so who did I really like who I didn't think I was going to like? Um, well, first of all, let me just say as well, I, this isn't who I thought would be dicks per se, but... Um, some of the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestlers, uh, some of the top, top guys, I'd expect to have um, not an attitude, but, you know, when you meet top guys, they uh, they have a, I don't like... Well, you've got top guys who, who want to be treated like top guys, uh, which yeah, is, I, that's not wrong, but... You know, there some people who, who, people okay, who okay. aren't top guys, sorry, who want to be treated like top guys. Yeah, you so. get people like that, and you also get when a lot of the time when people are top guys, um, they speak down to people who aren't on their level, perceived level, so to speak. Yes, right. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. I've met a lot of people like that who are top guys or made a lot of money in the business who um, who feel like they can treat. They can they can talk like they're above you. They can act like they're above you. Um, you know, if there's some bags to be carried, you should be ba- you should be carrying them, or someone else should be carrying them, or like a, you know, just that kind of yes. Ilk, yeah. you know, if there's a queue for the the if there's a queue for getting paid at the end of a show, this has just reminded me of a story. That's a great story, right? Yeah. And which we should tell now. If there's yeah. a queue, if there's a queue for getting paid at the end of a show, they expect to be ahead of you in that queue, right? I I'm always like as a uh, as as a for me I, and i guess like i've got this kind of a perspective and i guess that i don't want to say insecurity but like the reason why i feel like think like this is because um as a referee it didn't matter what when i wasn't when i wasn't kind of in a management position when i was just at shows as a referee i was always below the wrestlers in the totem pole which is fine because obviously without the wrestlers there's there's no show but i always used to have a philosophy of ultimately we're all human beings sure right yeah so um so for me, and it's not. To, and again, I'm saying I'm not saying that I thought there'd be dicks going into it. But what I'm saying is, there's guys like Hiroshi Tanahashi or Kazuchika Okada who are legitimately, and I've said it time and time again, they are legitimately the Japanese equivalent to John Cena. They are megastars in Japan. They have built, rebuilt New Japan Pro Wrestling into making large amounts of money. Um, they are real life rock stars, right? And they come over to this country and they are the nicest people you could possibly hope to meet. And they have no egos on them whatsoever. Um, they always work hard. They're always super respectful, always super respectful of other talent around them as well. And it's kind of, you can see how New Japan Pro Wrestling is really growing because with those guys as locker room leaders, there's really a, that team atmosphere of, of, of we're all going to grow this together. And that is, uh, you know, again, it's a different slant on the question, but for me, that's something that I always think about, and I and makes me happy. Yeah. So, uh, so a little story about Tanahashi. While his name comes up, was the first time you flew him in, you said to me, "Oh, so and so is going to pick him up at the airport," and I said, "Andy, 
don't send that man to go pick him up from the airport because he was uh, somewhat of a nuisance. Nearly got you in a lot of trouble sometime. His name was Stephen. Oh, okay. So, uh, so I said, I'll go pick him up from the airport. And, and like to me, um, I'd heard his name, but I'd only really heard his name through you or through uh, social media talk. I didn't really, no, I didn't appreciate because I knew he must be a big deal if you were bringing him in. But it wasn't anyone I'd ever seen him wrestle or um, wasn't too familiar with. So anyway, I went to pick him up from the airport and uh, he was staying in Portsmouth for a couple of nights or at least one night. So, uh, so I picked him up. I, uh, again, c- c- couldn't be cooler. And, uh, and I took him to, where's the restaurant in Gunworth that you and Marty used to go to because it was half price on a Monday? Slug and Lettuce. Slug and Lettuce. We don't go there anymore, actually. So we won't give them a plug. Well, he's his big, big league, yeah, does he? Uh, oh, no, it must just be me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, wow. So, uh, so I took I took Tanahashi to Slug and Lettuce, and uh, I think maybe I'd sort of brought him a coffee or something. On the We've way. got to stop saying that restaurant's name because we don't get along with them anymore. Oh, okay. So let's <laughs> okay. stop plugging them. Okay, okay. So I took Tanahashi for lunch, and uh, and on the drive down, I must have stopped off and bought him a coffee or something or wherever he wanted, and um, and he uh, and 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 after lunch we got the bill, and I said, "Oh, Tan, I'll, I'll I'll pay for this." He was like. No, 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 I'll pay. And I was like, no, no, it's okay, I've got this. Like, it wasn't particularly expensive or anything. I was trying to be, you know, show some hospitality. And next thing you know, Sling Blaze, high fly flow. <laughs> You're I'm knocked <laughs> out. He's paid the bill. That's it. And he's trying to wake me up because he doesn't know where to go. So, and, and he just said to me, uh, so I, we, we weren't arguing, obviously, but we were disputing who was going to pay the bill. Not for 10 minutes or anything, but, you know, 10 seconds, really. But in the end, he just kind of went, no, no. He was like, no, no, I pay. I said, no, I'll, I will pay. And he goes, why? And I was like, oh, okay. All right, if you want to, but my point is how generous. He didn't know me, but he was just showing some gratitude um, and some uh, humility to the fact that I, you know, I'd driven to Heathrow, picked him up, brought him back to Portsmouth. You know, I was looking after him, and he bought me lunch, and and that's only minor. But you know, if someone, my point is, he wouldn't. There's a lot of people who wouldn't have done that. They'd have just happily taken. Let me pay. Let me, you know, we'll let we'll let the let the young boy pay. You know, so um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's and, my uh, point. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing but but kind things to say about all of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave me two pretty sick t-shirts as well, which I still wear yeah, to this day. All like Off his own back as yeah. well, like Tanahashi wa- original worn t-shirt, two of them hanging up. They're worth a lot, lot more money now. Like, we're well, not in Japan, like, oh, obviously. Oh, they, oh God. Well, no, we're in, in Japan. Like, <laughs> they sell, if, if a wrestler sells a t-shirt off his back, like, you pay more money for it. So oh, really? Like a ring-worn t-shirt. Oh, but you know, like, Tanahashi, you see, like, uh, when he wrestles, like, people will throw him, like, they have, like, towels and uh, they throw him his, their towels, and he'll wipe his sweat on the towel okay. and give it back to them. Right. That's like a thing. I guess, uh, yeah, but that's, yeah. I, that kind of thing will, uh, will uh, that would impress me as a, as a wrestling fan. Um, and can I just tell this little story? Was on a, I was on a show with Gangrel one time, and Gangrel does the spitting the blood. Okay, well, it's obviously not blood, but it's probably Ribena or something. But anyway. Or a nice red <laughs> wine. <laughs> Possibly. So uh, he spat the blood out, and uh, it landed on this kid's poster. Okay, so this kid was sat in the front row. Um, obviously, it's not too pleasant being spat on, but this kid went mad we, it, <laughs> because his poster had been ruined. So it was tears and complaints. And me and a wrestler called Tony Spitfire, we were laughing because we were like, I'd have loved it. If I was a kid and Gangrel yeah. spat on my poster, that would have made my day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess it just did. These, these Generation Z types. I know. Types. They, they don't know how lucky they are, do I they? And he's probably grown up to be a social justice warrior, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. yeah. It all started when I was at a wrestling show and Gangrel was fat on my poster. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, so so that's there's three three pretty good uh 
three pretty good examples. How about we tell uh, the story about the time we promoted an event in Portsmouth with Alberto Del Rio? Oh, this is a good one, isn't it? That's a oh, good. this is this is amazing. Can we? I want to tell this story, and I'm, we're going to tell it right now. But can we rewind and tell this story about this uh, pay queue? I know it's we're deviating. Oh, okay. We're deviating from the subject a little bit. Okay, but let's. Uh, so, so um, I will. So you're also referring to the one PW story. Yes. Okay. So um, I will sort of uh, preface this or preface. It. I don't know how, how you pronounce it, but. My point is, it was 2006. The guy who is uh, who made me feel pretty small, actually, um, and was quite not. I'm going to say rude, but, but he belittled me in front of. And everyone. let's just say, but, but and again, I think what you're trying to get to as well is saying before you before people listen to the start of a story and go like, <gasps> right, you've made up about it. Yes. He's been very yeah. apologetic about it. Yes. He's realised what an idiot he was at that specific time. Yes. And there's no hard feelings. It's no. not a... Uh, no, like it's... Uh, so, so Roderick Strong, who's obviously now in WWE, doing quite well, very well for himself. So uh, it was the day that I wrestled with Lance Storm. And we used to line up uh, out down this corridor uh, to get paid. And uh, he, Rod, Roderick was in. I didn't realise Roderick Strong was in getting paid. I was next to go in. Were you next to me, or was oh, I've got no idea where I was. Okay. But I, I was kind of I was in the queue. You were but, in the queue. Yeah. So, um, and probably in hindsight, I would even dare you know, say I was probably respectfully at the back of the queue. I was going to say so. in hindsight, probably Roddy was probably right to be fair, but it was just the way he went about it. So, um, so I was next to go in. But again, I said we're all human beings. Like no right. one, no one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're all here for the same thing. We all yes. want. Yes. You know. So, uh, so I was next to go in. Um, and then two or three people down from me was Lance Storm. So uh, Roderick Strong came up getting paid. And uh, and he just turned to me. And I'd never really met the guy. And he just went to me, are you going to you gonna go in before Lance Storm? And I, I, it just caught me really unaware. I can't really remember my response. But he was like, come on, man. He's a veteran. You should let him go in next. And I didn't argue. I was like, yeah, please, please, Lance, go ahead. And Lance was like, no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I was like, please go ahead of me. He was like, no, no, I'm okay. And... It was just, it just seemed really unnecessary. And the fact that I, you know, just like Roddy was, we're both young guys just trying to make a reputation. We don't want, didn't need that kind of discussion going around that, oh, did you hear Simmons didn't, went in the queue before Lance Storm? Because as much as we agree, yes, we are all um, human beings, but there is still, certainly then anyway, maybe not so much now, there's still very much a hierarchy, you know, or they, they, there was perceived well, hierarchy. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think that you, we should all be respectful to the veterans and those that come before us. Um, but again, like I say, like if it's, it, there's situations, isn't it? There's, there's not really uh, a situation like that. Everyone was queued up. Everyone knew the score. We're just lining up to get paid. Just want to get in and out. Yeah. And like, but no one, but there was no real rush. There was no real, you know, it wasn't, it just wasn't one of those times when, yeah, there's no atmosphere about it. No one's getting agitated. Everyone's yeah. just waiting. You know, and if it was like, right, Lance Storm needs to get on this bus in two minutes. Yeah, maybe we'd have an argument, or okay, you know, you'd have more of a case. But it wasn't. It was just like we're all just lining up. All just, everyone's just chatting amongst themselves. Um, so anyway, um, uh, you know, a few months later, um, a chap in America who I'd been talking about kept saying he'd organise a tour for me in the states. Messaged me. He said, "Oh, Roderick Strong's coming to England uh, for ten days. Could you help him get some work?" And I was like, "No, I can't." And he couldn't really quite understand why. And I kind of briefly explained the situation, the story I just told just then. And uh, within several minutes, Roddy messaged me on AOL, instant message, 
and just just apologised. And it, it, I didn't want an apology. Um, I'm not gloating. I got an apology. I just said, I mean, "You are. You're no, smiling I'm not. It's just part of the right? it's <laughs> part of the story." And uh, but yeah, he just said, "Oh, I'm sorry, man. Uh, you know, I didn't mean to offend you, or you know, g- cause any heat, or whatever he may have said." So uh, and then I didn't actually see Roderick till you had him over. Two th- 2015, 16? He came over twice, yeah. He's but I didn't see him. Yeah. I never saw him. I don't think. He came over, he worked Nakamura in 2000. And oh, no, no, sorry. That, that I believe that was the last time I actually spoke. I may have been on shows in, but I, I don't think I did, ever uh, had any real conversation. The last time he came over was uh, April 2016. Right. So at that show, I'd commentated the show. and uh, Turned up late, I remember that. Who did? You. I did. Okay, yeah. well, I must have left early then. No, uh, and uh, and I'm getting in my car, and all of a sudden this voice goes, "Hey, Andy," like that. And I'm. It was literally one of those moments where you turn around, and go, I knew it was Roddy. He knew he was on his way to WWE at this <laughs> point. He just wanted to <laughs> rub it into you. Maybe. Yeah. See you later, kid. So uh, so anyway, like it was only minor, um, and it, it, it was only brief, brief conversation. But I was like, oh, cool. Like he probably remembers what happened. I certainly remember what happened. And uh, uh, yeah. and I bet he doesn't want it to be shared on a podcast. But well, you're the one who brought it up. But well, you like I said, I like conflict, don't <laughs> I? Like stirring the pot a little bit. But what do you do that for? Oh, just listeners, ratings. Yeah, well, ratings. No, so uh, so. Big shout out to my boy Roderick Strong. Good luck. Um, Keep fighting the good fight. Um, so yeah, um, back to Alberto Del Rio. Yes. So this is we're we're, we're close on this one. Yeah. And this is a story that I've wanted to tell for a long while. I don't know if we're going to name names or are we just going to yeah we'll throw <coughs> we'll throw Louis under the bus yeah <laughs> <laughs> we won't say his working name though no you we'll can just work throw it, him as Louis you can work it out though if you. If you really want to. Okay. So, um, let's set the picture. So, as we said, so wrestlers who we thought weren't going to be nice. Now, Alberto Del Rio, he'd obviously left WWE. Um, he's well known for having a fiery temper. Um, and also, there was... Um, he'd uh, missed a lot of bookings, right? We did, Even the week before you called me up, you said your exact words were... I don't want to worry you, but Alberto's no-show yeah. two events this weekend. Yeah, or something the week like, before, yeah. yeah he yeah. no-showed a couple of events. Yeah. And so he had a reputation for no-showing events. This was already a rescheduled... So, like, he was supposed to be coming over in May. In May and then this was rescheduled to July. Yes. Um, and I forget the reason. What Was it a triple A or something? I don't know. Like, there was a reason why he couldn't come over in May, but we had to reschedule t- for July. Um, he obviously had a lot of... Uh, everything had to be precise about what he was doing, etc. Requirements, flight requirements, who like who he was working, all had to be cleared in advance, etc. No issues with that whatsoever. But it's kind of it's almost like an uh, it could be an alarm bell for this could be awkward if things don't go smoothly. Because obviously, yes. in an ideal world, you want everything to go smoothly, you want everyone to be happy. But in the real world often stuff happens where there's little hiccups, which I'm sure you'll hear about in this podcast. I mean, I, I can already think off the top of my head a few stories we've told on this podcast about little hiccups that have happened um, in some of the shows that I've been running um, that you as fans wouldn't even know about, but because we get there in the end and we do the, you know, we, we present the show and everything's great, but there's so many little hiccups where things have a potential to go horribly wrong. Um, and with this Alberto show, because of all the required, not not I'm, not I'm not saying it's a superstar diva, but because everything's so precisely laid out in black and white of what he expects and what's happening and 
you know, yeah, his itineraries it, mapped out. But just to be clear, he, he wasn't like, oh, I need, you know, being facetiously, he didn't he didn't require 25 M&Ms in a cup. No, everything's like, everything, his flight is this. Yeah, he's he, working this he, guy. He, he, his, his money is his, this. And he gets, gets yeah. picked up here. The hotel has to be this. Uh, yeah. You know, like it was... Nothing too... He wasn't asking too much. No, not at all. And especially given his, his position as well. Like, a, and again, like nothing... I, but like I'm saying, like when you when you map something out in black and white, and it's so precise, that's when you think, oh, is a is a reason it's like this because he's going to be precious over everything else. So you and and of course he had the reputation he'd, he'd no showed like a Preston City wrestling weekend, um, where they had gone to the expense of getting um, Ricardo Ricardo Rodriguez to do the ring announcing for him. Um, He'd missed the shows a weekend weekend before. This was already a rescheduled date, so obviously we we're already worried. Um, but as far as we know, uh, we'd spoken to him during the week. Everything was fine. We were all excited to have him. Um, and uh, again, another Mount Bat. We should just call this a Mount Battle Center uh, <laughs> yeah, thing. And, and, and do you know what this brings to mind? I actually think I've probably had a lot more meetings with wrestlers which I thought were going to go badly, which have gone well than I can probably think of. But I think that all the ones we've spoken about, most of the ones we've spoken about, are ones that have done show, been on shows that we've run together, the, the Mountbatten Centre shows. And is that because of your insecurities? <laughs> or is that... <laughs> is it my fault, is it? Or, well, no, is that because you're like, you <coughs> oh, get you no. get more worried than I do? Maybe. Because you, you need people to like you. No. You need people to like you. Yeah, so I, I tend to hate people for the, before you meet them. Before I meet them, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Then I was like about Ricochet, actually. Because then, yeah, then if they hate you, yeah. then... You've got, you can be like, yeah. well, yeah. I knew, I told you he was going to be an arsehole. Yeah, so you like that about Ricochet, and Ricochet turned out to be the most oh, lovely man couldn't ever, have been right? nicer. And I was telling you as well, wasn't I? I was telling guy. you he was lovely. Yeah. You're just like, oh, he's he's perhaps a little too cool for me because he's got good dress sense and does <laughs> some flips. Yeah. And some but nice no. abs. Lovely <laughs> abs, yeah. Um, anyway. Um, Alberto. Alberto. He's on the plane. And uh, Louis, who's done several airport pickups throughout his time he gets sent the flight now the first thing that I would do if I was picking someone up from the airport and I was sent the flight of that person is I'd take a look at the flight and find out okay A what time do I need to be there for B what airport am I going to C what terminal Am I going to? And D is my car clean? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> like those are you know some of the things that go through my head. So I call Louis up, and this is about um, maybe it was just a, like a uh, oh no he called me up, and he was like oh Andy just so you know I got to the airport and realised I was at the wrong airport. I'm like what? So I looked at the flights, couldn't see his flight. And I looked at what you sent me. I've gone to Gatwick. I should have gone to Heathrow. Because, for whatever reason, pot luck, all the flights that he'd, where he'd picked up wrestlers from before were Gatwick. Were Gatwick. Okay. So, I guess in his mind, the logic was, oh, wrestlers can only fly into Gatwick. Yeah, rest, Rev Pro flies <laughs> everyone into Gatwick. The wrestlers airport. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, he'd gone to Gatwick. He's like, don't worry, Andy, because I left with plenty of time to spare. So I'm on my way to Heathrow now. I should get there just as he lands. All right. You got this, Louis. Cool. All right. Um, next thing I know, 
Alberto, I get a, uh, I can't remember if it was a text message or a phone call. I think we started on the old... Probably started texting text message. I think we started on the text message. And it was like, hey man, I'm here, where's your guy? Um, I, I'd literally just spoken to Louis. And I said to him, uh, and, he, and he was like, oh, I'm like five minutes away. So I was like, he's five minutes away, he should be with you shortly. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Louis was five minutes away. However... He'd driven, he hadn't checked the terminal. So I guess like Alberto may have been Terminal 5 for argument's sake. And Louis just got himself to Terminal 1. <laughs> right? And that's where you hear from Louis again, is it? <laughs> and that's when uh, I call Louis. He's like, oh, I couldn't see, I can't see his flight. Uh, I, I couldn't see his flight. Um, I've, I must have gone to the wrong terminal. I'm going, I'm going to the right one now. So he gets to Terminal 2. Just, I'm just using this for argument's sake. Right? He's going in his car, goes to a different terminal. He gets there again. To the next terminal. Um, oh no, I'm getting messages from Alberto being like, where is he? Where is he? I'm like, I'll find out, I'll find out. He's gone to the wrong terminal. He's, he's pulling into the next terminal now. So I'm like, he's pulling into the next, he's, pulling, he's gone to the wrong terminal. So already, right, so Alberto's never met me before in his life, right? But I bet he's met a lot of dodgy wrestling promoters in his life. And I start off by saying the guy's five minutes away. It's like 15 minutes later, and I'm like, oh, he's gone to the wrong terminal, but he's on his way to you now. He'll be with you shortly, right? By this point, Alberto's on the phone to me, going nuts, <laughs> right? Tell everyone what he said. I don't remember <coughs> what he said. What did he say? He said to you, you're lying to me, man. Oh, yeah. That's what he said to you. He said, you're lying to me. I was like, I promise you. Yeah. No, he said, he, he never said, I'm lying. He said, Louis he, lying. He's lying. He's right. lying. Okay. Right. So I was like starting to get worried for Louis' safety when he finally <laughs> got to him. Right. He was saying, he's lying to you. And I'm like, well, I know this guy and I'm pretty sure he's not lying because he's like an honest guy. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, he's yeah. like a, you can meet a more you, honest guy. Actually, no, yeah. too honest sometimes. Mm. Right. Um, so I know that he's not lying, but I can't say to Alberto, you know, he's not lying because he's, yeah, you don't really want to get an argument with Alberto. Yeah, either, over do nothing. Like, no. Yeah. So eventually, um, Alberto's going like, oh, "I'm going to get a taxi." I'm like, "Louis, where are you?" He says he's going to get a taxi. Taxi from from Heathrow, Heathrow to, to Portsmouth, Portsmouth, right? He says he's going to get a taxi, and this is before Uber as well. So like, you know, this is where you're just going to get ripped off by the taxi driver, right? And uh, um, and he's like. Oh, I'm I'm getting to the I, I've got to the wrong terminal again, right? So he goes to the next terminal, right? And I call him up again, and I'm like, Louis, he says he's getting in a taxi, right? And I'm literally going back back and forth between Alberto Louis, Alberto Louis, Alberto Louis, like a game of tennis, begging Alberto not to get in a taxi, but he's just like, I'm getting in a taxi, man, and I'm like, Louis is about to get in the taxi, and like Louis's like, I'm getting to the next terminal, right? And he gets to the next terminal, right? And then I'm like. He's walking, I say to Alberto, he's walking through the doors now. I call Louis up and Louis by this point is in tears. <laughs> and he's like, I've gone to the wrong terminal again. Right. So, <laughs> so there's only one to go now. So he goes to this next terminal. But he's left his car by this point And he's now getting the, rather than driving from terminal to terminal, he's getting the trains terminal to terminal which is taking more time because he's waiting for the train getting on it coming off all through the crowds by the time he gets to the terminal Alberto's decided he's getting in a taxi he's in a taxi there's nothing we can do about it and the taxi came to like 
Oh, how much? 200, 200 quid, I think. 230 quid, I think. Yeah. It was 229, something like that. We particularly do a pound. And uh, yeah. 230 quid we had to pay, right, for that. And I was like, oh my God, right? 230 pounds on a taxi for Alberto. 230 pounds down the train. Plus, Alberto's going to be fuming. Yeah. He's going to be the most difficult person in the world to deal with now. I've already I've heard his temper now, and I don't want to experience that. <laughs> sure. So everything has to go right from this point in. Louis, <laughs> distraught, <laughs> stranded at that the airport. A, that was the least of your worries, wasn't it? Really? <laughs> that was the least poor, of my worries, but we'll, get back, we'll finish the saga of Louis in a second. But then Alberto gets to Portsmouth, and he goes out with one of our other guys for food. Checks into the hotel. Couldn't be nicer. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. He was like, I know it's not your fault, man. Like, couldn't be nicer. <laughs> Pleasure to deal with all day. Total professional. Great match. Really worked hard in the match as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, absolutely great professional. So, you know, it's something that we were scared of. Um, and we were scared the worst could happen. The worst did happen. Um, he realised, you know, we were doing everything we could, and as a, and he knew that, you know, I was just like, okay, yeah, I understand why you got in a taxi. We're going to pay the bill. It, was, it wasn't unreasonable of him to get in a taxi. He was waiting for an hour. You if know? anything, we should be quite grateful we got in a taxi. Yeah, and not got on the next plane home. Just be like, oh god, yeah. sort this. Yeah, absolutely. So, so nothing against him jumping in that taxi, um, and nothing against the opportunistic. Um, Taxi man charging us a, a ridiculous <laughs> price um, to get to Portsmouth. He was just being entrepreneurial, wasn't he? Yeah, good for him. Um, so he probably got to go home that day, the rest of our day off because of that little windfall. So yeah. good for him. Um, he could have stuck around in Portsmouth and seen some quality wrestling. Um, but Louis' day didn't end there, did it? I so, don't remember, actually. I don't, I don't oh, know. it gets better. So Louis is now distraught because he's lost Alberto. Alberto's in the taxi. So now Louis' like, Alberto's pissed off with me. I've said to Louis, like, I was probably, I can't remember how I reacted, but I was probably pissed off. I was like, f- f- like probably, f- f- good sake. Um, and uh, I was like, this is going to cost us this much. And he's like, I'll pay for it. He went out and having to work that debt off in washing up, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'll pay for it. And uh, I was like, just come back. All right. And then what happened? Checks his keys. He's lost his car key. Right? Right. He's lost his car key. At Heathrow. At Heathrow Airport. Could be anywhere because he's gone around every single terminal. (laughs) Right? And it turns out he'd lost his car key because uh, um, he'd been... Rather than just... And again, this is another thing. Like, sometimes if you ask people for help at the airport terminals without giving them the context they don't give you the help you need so he's like oh this guy's flying into san antonio from san antonio his flight do you know what i mean like his flight and the guy's just like oh yeah san antonio is probably terminal four without even checking do you know what i mean so yeah. that's so they didn't help him in the slightest right um you just didn't have a flight number in on the google when it tell you what terminal <laughs> they are in but he knows that now but anyway um his keys he's left at the desk he finds them at one of the desks. Okay, so he's like, I've lost my keys, so I'm going to be late back, whatever. He should be grateful, but I did get the taxi, because you could just Because, yeah, because if you found him, oh, I've lost my keys. That'd be it, wouldn't it? That'd be it. He'd be writing an art bar, wouldn't he? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so then he he gets his keys, and he's driving back. 
And he's probably all this stuff running through his head. He's distraught. Right. Then what's he do? Crashes into someone on the motorway oh. on the way back. Yeah. <laughs> Goes into the back of someone. Because he sat there stewing over what's happened, no doubt. Yeah, and scared that he's going to get beaten up when he comes back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so and he crashes into that. And then, to top things off, on that show, later on in the day, he's wrestling his match. Few things go wrong. He panics and winds up with a dislocated shoulder. <laughs> Hell of a day. Yeah. We laugh tragic. about now. We laugh about now. Yeah. But it wasn't funny at the time. But what a yeah, day. And actually, he, 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 he has a history of shoulder injuries, actually, doesn't he? And um, he actually quit wrestling for about six months after that. He did. Yeah. He, had, he actually packed it all in for six months. He couldn't handle the pressure and the ribbing, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. But, um, yeah, again, you know, Alberto, you hear all these, you heard all these horror stories. And, but, um, and then we, we deliver a horror story to him. And, and, he, and he responded and he, very well. And he, he like, responded great. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it could have been so much worse. But he was a real professional to us, um, real easy to deal with, and uh, couldn't have been nicer at the show. No. Um, so, again, I always say you should judge people on the way they behave with you, not the um, not the horror stories that you might hear. Like um, yeah. and, uh, and and there's just a few examples of, of some guys there who could have been horrible, wound up being really nice. Um, so uh, so yeah, I think that's that concludes the episode. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's pretty we've good. Put, we've put a shift in today, haven't we? Yeah, we've cool. Uh, Another hour long episode. I think yeah, it's going to end up like this now, isn't you, it? Every uh, week. You yeah. guys are lucky, aren't you? Yeah. So um, big thank you to Joseph for the idea. Hopefully, every yeah. time you say Joseph, I think Josephus. Do you know who he is? No. Ten pounds of gold in WA. Ten pounds of gold. Check it out. Oh, okay, okay. He's Tim Storm's main foil. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's his nemesis, is it? Yeah. I'll look it up. Okay. So uh, yeah, thank you to. Joe, then, and um, yeah, what else we got to c- c- conclude? Just ask goodbyes, I guess. Just goodbyes, yeah, and just uh, don't forget, like, if you like the podcast, tell a friend about it, like it, rate, review, rate, review, <laughs> subscribe, and uh, and yeah, just tell people about it. That's what that's what we like to hear. Tweet we, about it if you could. Facebook about it. We could really do with a few more um, written reviews. So, yeah, absolutely. So I don't really know how to do them, but like, if you can... Well, you just go on iTunes and write a review. Go, yeah, go just just write a review, please. Only if it's going to be good, though. Yeah, only if, even if it's a couple like, of lines. If, like, if you've not enjoyed it, then just don't say anything. Just leave <laughs> us alone. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and if, if anyone else has got anything they'd like us to discuss, because um, we, we've probably forgotten about like a lot of stuff that we need prompting on. Yeah, so if you, if you come up with a topic, you... you well, like that one PW story. I, I, that yeah, was, right. That just I came carried from that around uh, me for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but then I'd forgotten about it. So yeah, um, that just came uh, just came to us during this episode organically. So, uh, so yeah, if there's anything you'd like us to discuss, please do let us know. Cool. Um, so you can email me if you want. Andy Simmons with a Z. A-N-D-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z at A-O-L dot com. Um, and don't email me because I won't reply. Well, I will um, reply. Cause but I'm you can tweet nicer. me at A A-Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. Or tweet me at, at Boy Simmons, B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z. Right. That's it for another episode. We'll talk to you next week. Laters. <laughs>